Alrighty, welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They are the Mon star of the Boulay Brothers Dragula season four, as well as the host of Drag Us to Hell podcast. And I cannot wait to get to know them better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show for Melda Hyde. How are you, doll? I am so good. How are you? I am fantastic. You are my first interview of the new year, and I am absolutely blessed to have you. You are starting my year off correctly. Oh, thank you. That's so awesome. I'm so excited to be the first. (laughs) Yes, I love you. You are starting my year off so correctly. I could not be more happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. Absolutely. Now, for the people who don't know, fill my audience in on who is Formaldehyde. Yes. So Formaldehyde is a drag, like you said, a drag monster. I am from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Basically, I am a drag performer, digital drag artist, and whatever else you need me to be, basically. Um, Pretty much what like separates me from other people is I am a masked drag artist so all my looks and performances deal with being like surrounded by masks and disguising the person that is my day-to-day life kind of thing so I'm more of like a I like to call myself like the creepypasta of drag I absolutely love that. How did you land on the concept of masked on of masked drag? Um, so basically, as like a kid, I was always very into masks. I don't really remember a time that I wasn't like making a mask for some reason. I don't know. Like, I always found like paper plates. I found like uh, old fabrics that I put over my face. I'd cut out eye holes and mouth holes, and I'd paint them to make just be really creepy. And then when I got into high school was when I started finding like paper mache. I started finding like expanding foam and stuff like that. And um, my mask passion just kind of like flourished. And I never really thought I would ever do anything with that besides just being like a side talent. And I would always used to make masks for like theater and Halloween people like would come around the neighborhood and ask like, oh, could you make me one of your masks? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, And that's pretty much to the extent that it really was going. And then once I got out of high school, um, I got into drag and I started liking it. I started really like getting invested into it. And then just one day I was like, why don't I do a look for drag? with one of my masks. And that's where pretty much formaldehyde was born from, was just like me playing around in one of my countless masks that I have in my bedroom and took a picture and everybody was like, whoa, what is this? And I kind of just blew up from there, honestly. That's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you land on the name formaldehyde, which is so smart, by the way? 
Yeah, thank you. So that that's um, I was very into because I wanted to be uh, working in like the morgue and mortuary, and mm. so when I was kind of studying um, all the like terms and chemicals and kind of what it just takes to be in that business. Um, I kept seeing the name. I kept seeing the chemical compound formaldehyde, and I was like, "What is that?" I was like, "I don't know what it was about the name, but I was like, that is just like such a really cool like sounding word." And so, anytime I would like research or do something, I would always come along that word. And so, I was like, "I don't know what I would, what I want to do with that." And so, when I finally looked up the definition, the definition is basically of a chemical that. Preserves tissue, um, but it also has like a very like foul scent and stuff like that, and it's just very like it's very toxic to uh, living people. And so um, one day I was like just drawing in my sketchbook, and I always had a really big fascination with nurses and doctors, probably because I'm so afraid of them. So I was doing that and I was drawing this really creepy nurse and I usually like when I draw something or when I'm doing something for a look, I try to give like a backstory or at least a name just to kind of get me really into like the full moment. Um, And I was like, I just put above as like formaldehyde and I was like, huh. And so I switched a few letters around to where it was a little bit more of like a two letter name and or a two-worded name and that's pretty much how the name came across and originally it was just for just an original character i was going to post online nurse from aldehyde and i had a few people tell me like oh that should be your drag name and i was like oh shit that should be my drag name Um, and everybody was like yeah that has like a really good ring it's creepy um it's also very like oldie times like melda like that's my little nickname is melda i really like the really old vintage names like and um, angelique and stuff like that so it kind of just worked out perfect for me <laughs> brilliant like that's how you know it's destined to be when it all just falls in line with your natural aesthetic Love yeah it, yeah the name just kept like the word just kept coming up like everywhere and then after i put it as my drag name then i started hearing everybody else say the word and I was like oh yeah I was like this just rolls off people's tongues like so easy so I was like let's just do it that's so awesome that's awesome how much uh how similar or different is Formelda from who you are off stage oh you know it's I will say like we're very similar in in personality wise like when you when I'm on stage and or when I'm doing anything of a performance i'm very let's see like more quiet and like ethereal in a way but then when i'm backstage or i'm talking to people i'm I'm very bubbly and i'm very just like very happy i'm very welcoming um and i just love interacting with people so I would say we have like obviously our differences. I'm very creepy in drag, and then when I'm out of drag, I'm a very like laid back, chill, very happy person. Um, so obviously, like when you have kind of like an alter ego, there's going to be traits that you let more out when I do drag, and then obviously there's going to be some of those traits that also collide in my world as well into a day to day life. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Now, what do you think drag has done for your confidence out of drag? Oh, oh man. Pretty much when, when I first started doing drag, uh, and I wasn't performing, I didn't really understand kind of all the things drag could do to make you more of a confident person until I really started getting into it. But it Mm. has given me a level of like, of confidence to where I could basically go into any sort of situation and just know like, you can do this, you can put on a show no matter what. It made me to where like, I wasn't so timid. I used to always be so timid at a drag and kind of afraid to like do anything different. Um, I used to say like a lot of the time I used to live the same day twice. And that kind of scared me, especially being not like going into adulthood. You don't want to ever do that, especially being as young as um, I was. I didn't want to start already living the same day twice. Um, And drag, drag like really like changed that up it made me want to do more exciting things I I wasn't just wanting to play it safe um it definitely gave me more of a voice as well I felt like a lot of the time I didn't know kind of how to express myself in and not even just in like an artistic way but just in general I didn't really know how to kind of express my feelings or to be honest with people like I was trying to be in my head Um, and so going into drag I kind of just figured like for me when I was in when I'm in drag I'm a like when the mask comes on I I can do anything I want because at that point when I take the mask off nobody's really going to if I do something stupid in public or if I'm being like a fool when I take the mask off nobody's going to kind of remember that they're going to remember who was the mask was not who was underneath and so I kind of took that to a day-to-day life as well like if I do something and I fail whatever we put the mask down for the day we try again tomorrow so it it really has just done a bunch of things honestly I think it it really made me more into a person who doesn't take life for granted sweet I absolutely love that because yeah, you know, as somebody who's had a previous stint in drag, long story, <laughs> but um, it kind of did the exact same for me. Like I like because because I, I, I definitely grew up like as a dancer and like as a performer and things like that. And I've always said like I've never felt more safe than I do on stage. And being right. in drag, it's like the only way I can compare it is like reaching Super Saiyan Four. Mm-hmm. Like, like being on stage in drag is like reaching Super Saiyan Four of your actual self. That's how yes, I felt. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that's exactly. Yeah, I was like, that's 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 so perfect. Yeah, I love it. Now, what does an audience? What should an audience expect from a formaldehyde performance? Uh, you know, honestly. I'm all over when it comes to my performances. Sometimes you can expect a real, like a full 360 moment. Like you have a storyline, you have the character, you can feel emotions. Um, And then other times you're just there to have fun. Like I'm 
jamming out to a Rob Zombie song and I'm shaking my head back and forth and throwing myself across the stage. Other times I am doing purposeful like movements. Um, the, the one thing that will always be the same though is it's I'm there for people to have fun and I encourage people to have fun with me. So whatever feelings they're feeling during the performance, I want them to let it out. I want them to feel like this is an, an escape into kind of like a fantasy world somewhere where you could kind of forget all the the bad shit that happens in the world and maybe what they're feeling in their day-to-day life maybe it just gives them kind of a a little breather and just something just to just to be fun and don't take necessarily seriously but also kind of inspire too, inspire other people to do stuff maybe like this or just something creative in general in their life exactly yeah how was your style of drag received locally you know at first not so well um Mm. but you know that was kind of just because the phoenix drag scene when it came to monster drag it was just a few people who were doing it so when we would go out people would kind of look at us weird and kind of talk you would see them like start talking to their friend next to them when they saw us out and stuff and even like now I still get that which I love Um, (laughs) but you know it took a little bit but I will say especially this year I was really surprised with how many people came up to me and said they had seen me on the show and seen that like they're like we love this style we love everything you do like it's it's breathtaking or it's so creative and stuff so you know I think with like everything that's different, it takes people kind of a little bit to adjust. But once they do and they come around to it, it's probably like probably the best decision that I did just to keep with it. Sometimes it's hard when you're doing something, especially for that you really enjoy and people don't. It It's kind of hard to want to keep going. And sometimes people tell you don't keep going because they're like, it's pointless. But like, I always just go with like, just just go with it. Like what? What's the worst that can happen if, in a few more years, maybe it doesn't work? Then maybe let's put the hat down and try something new. But if you're just, I had just been doing drag when I got on the show for only like a year and a half, so I really didn't mm-hmm. have a long time under my belt. So I was like, let me just keep doing this. Let me let me just go further into this pond and see really what comes out of it because I I would feel more regret on myself and if I didn't kind of put the effort in and I let people get into my head and say oh I don't like this so don't stop doing it so I just kept going with it and people love it now I mean I I have so many people come up to me when I'm in drag they want to take photos like little kids want to come up to me and take photos it's it's awesome I love it that's the best thing I swear like people think doing drag now is all about you know the the you know glamorous part of it mm-hmm. i swear the first time i performed at a pride and a little kid tipped me i've mm-hmm. never cried harder than that in my life yeah i just uh recently i did like a little um there's a um basically like my my podcast the people who do it jason he runs a year-round horror shop that sells like a bunch of horror movie things and all that but they do a little like 
pop-up shop with a bunch of other vendors like every month and it gets pretty big and hundreds of people come and like I never would have imagined being surrounded by so many little kids who want to touch your wig or like want to take pictures or like literally like I had a kid say I want to be just like you like I want to look just like you and it was like oh my heart just like started pounding so hard because I was like that is so awesome and the mom and the and the the husband were like we fully support like our kid doing this and like if they find inspiration from this they're like we can do nothing but thank you and I was like oh my heart that makes me so happy we need more of that in the world yes now out of all of these moments because you know it sounds like you've gotten a lot of positive reinforcement even throughout Mm -hmm. the pushback or the hesitation to your drag Mm -hmm. was there a moment when you knew that it was working like when was the moment where you're like oh okay people get it now you know it came after the show um Mm. When, when I came on and unfortunately I left so early being the first one out, the thing that was like so shocking to me was how many people, and, and even to this day, how many people come and tell me like, we want more. Like we were so sad that you left and they were like, we were genuinely so sad. And the amount of like, I mean, I got thousands and thousands of DMs that night that the first that the premiere came on and people telling me that like they they were mad and they were like we're, we're gonna stop watching the show already and I was like no 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 don't stop watching the show please continue watching it um but like it that's when I knew I was doing something right because it wasn't just people telling me that it was the art that kept them they were like it was you they were like we need you your personality you're so sweet you're so humble and that's when I really knew I was doing something not only different, but I was doing it right because I had just so many people coming to me. And and even like I said, even now when we're coming onto a year of the show of my season being out, I still have people come up to me and tell me that like they were so disappointed to see me go and that they want nothing but me to be back on and, and stuff like that. So that's when I truly knew. Like I always kind of had a feeling what I did was on the right track. But that was just the, the the confirmance I needed for it. So it felt amazing. I, I can totally see that. What was it that made you decide to go out for Dragula in the first place? And what was the casting process like? So I grew up kind of with Dragula when I was, I think, thir- 14. I think, yeah, because I had just started high school was when the second season came out. And I like religiously watched that second season. And then I went back to season one, fell in love and didn't even realize that I had accidentally seen the winner of season one perform one time. Um, wow. And so, yeah, so, yes, exactly. Shout out. Um, and so I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, I love I love that person. And so then I followed it. Like I, I kept following the the um, career path that Dragula had and stuff. And I kept looking at all these different performers. I'm like, oh my God, they're so talented. And and I was like, I want to be just like them. And never in a million years when I was in high school that I think I was going to go on. Um, 
but I watched season three and then I saw that they were about like I want to say two or so years later I saw they were doing casting for season four and at that point between watching Dragula season two in like 2014 then to the casting process all in that time span was when I was getting my drag all together but I also had a bunch of the Dragula girls and other artists um, start following me on Instagram like all through those years and a lot of them like especially um, Zochi Mochi and Mm -hmm. Madeline Hatter they were telling me they're like oh you should do it you should do it and I was like no 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 like no I'm, I'm way too let's not do that and ah. they, and I kept having people and then Vander told me that like they'd love to see me on and then I'm trying to think it was Dahlia Black and then they were all like they were all following me they're all like yes do this and they were just a lot of support honestly um and so I see season four and I'm like what the heck let's do it this was like probably around I want to say February ish it it had just been after my birthday that um I was like I had just turned 21 so this is 2021 February I see the casting call and I kind of look at the the casting or like the casting call um audition tape and I'm like okay let's see what I have to do this and I kind of jokingly did it I was like I'm never gonna get on but let's just entertain the idea Mm. and so I do the I I film the whole audition tape I don't know if I can say exactly oh no I guess I can because it's public knowledge so basically we had to film like a scene from the exorcist we had to recreate a scene from John Waters Um, we had to talk a little bit about ourselves and then we had to show our best um, horror, filth, and glamour look. And so I was, I did all of this and then just days before, I think it was like I think I had like 24 hours to get my tape in. I almost didn't. I sat on my bed and I'm like no this is just stupid I was looking at my audition tape and I think I had just been looking at it for a little too long mm-hmm. and so I was starting to like doubt myself and I'm like no I was like let's not do it and so I'm sitting on the couch and my mom she was like a big help in my audition tape she uh, was like oh did you turn it in and I was like no I don't think I'm gonna do it and she was like why and I was like I just don't feel like I was like I just don't feel like it I was like, I think it's just stupid. I think I was like, I think it was just giving me something to do because I don't know what I want to do. Um, and I remember her just telling me, like, do it because if you don't, you're gonna complain to me the whole year that you didn't turn it in. And she's like, and you know how much I hate you complaining to me. Yeah. And so I was like, Ugh. so I just turned it in. I was like, whatever. And I told her, I was like, watch, I'm not even gonna get on. It's stupid. And then about. I want to say a month goes by and this day was kind of just like destined but the Boulets had just came out with an episode of their podcast and it was them announcing that they had officially just got all the cast together they said like they officially found out everybody who was going to be on season four 
And I just kind of was like, oh, like I didn't get any sort of email. I didn't get any sort of call. So obviously I didn't get on. And then immediately as I'm listening to the podcast, I get a call and it's from like an unknown number from LA. And I'm like, mm. and so I answer it and it was production from their team telling me that they had chosen me and how fast I could get onto a Zoom call because they had more questions for me. And basically from that point on, it was history. Like I just, I got on and it was, that was it. It was awesome. It was just like everything that day was telling me that it made me think at first I didn't get on and then bam, right there, I got the call. And I was so excited. That is incredible. Yeah. I, you know, it's crazy because I am kind of relating to something you're going through right now. Like I kind of went through a similar process of, you know, doubting whether I was going to do something. And, you know, I, the news that I told you about that I just got today, that's like starting mm-hmm. my year off, right? Yo, yeah. it's kind it's in line with that with that type of thinking so i'm just like yeah huh that's very comforting for me yeah it is the brain can do wonderful things and also such negative things to yourself and especially if you're working on a project for so long and you're the only one looking at it you you just flip the script on yourself so fast and it's just so funny how that works out and then when those projects are just right that's when the universe really pushes you to do it so i don't even know what would have happened if i didn't do it but i'm so happy that like not only did i have my mom to help me but then at the same time i pushed hard as well and and just told myself like fuck it just do it just stop caring so much about what you do and don't do just do it and if you don't do it right then you don't do it right you do it right next time or just don't be so hard because i think that's what a lot of us do to ourselves is we just be way too hard on us absolutely we're always our own worst critic mm-hmm. i don't know what that's about yeah <laughs> now once you finally got on to the show and like it was like okay this is actually happening this is what i'm doing i'm actually cast like there's no turning back now. Yep. What do you think your intentions were for joining the, the 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 show? Like, like, what did you want the audience to receive from you being on Dragula? I wanted to show a completely different drag artist. I wanted. I didn't want to be the loud and messy one. I didn't want to be the the mean like drag artists I feel like there's a lot of like villains when it comes to drag TV and mm-hmm. how fast someone could get the villain edit I wanted to be somebody who was humble I wanted to be somebody who didn't need to impress anybody but myself um, and in general I just wanted to be somebody who people could look up to and be like oh this is different I like that I can also be that difference um, I feel like it got received pretty well because like I had mentioned before I had a bunch of people DMing me and and talking to me saying that like that was the biggest thing that stood out compared to everybody else was just how nice how I didn't necessarily have to fight back with other people I just didn't feel the necessary like I mean it's a good moral like 
attitude to have but reality tv wise it's not the best because they want the drama i wasn't gonna give them the drama i just didn't want to be that person before i i i relate to that so heavy i relate to that so heavy yeah (laughs) how was the actual filming process for you like 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 how was the production side of it the behind the scenes that we didn't get to see. Not not to ask you to spill any tea that'll break your NDA because yeah. I can't pay your because I because I can't pay your legal fees. But yeah. whatever you, you know, can say, like how was the actual process? You know, I will be one hundred percent honest. Production was actually very on point. They treated us so well. At least on my part, I don't want to speak on everybody on the the cast because I know other people kind of don't have the same story as me um but in my opinion they treated me very nice they were very sweet um i think they came i think they knew like when i was there that i was a little nervous obviously having cameras surrounding me and not necessarily being in my element i mean for the longest time i was the person who controlled the cameras the lighting and the action so you know I came off as a little timid and stuff, but I want to give like a huge shout out to like Ian. He is like basically the Boulay's right hand man for anybody who knows. Very sweet. Like very if sweet. You know, you they, know. Yeah. They came up to me and stuff. They made sure I was doing all right, especially after I got eliminated. Um, that could be a very hard thing to take, but I took it like a champ. But you could tell that they've had people not necessarily take that news well because he was like, "Oh my God, do you do you need a hug? Do um do you, do you need anything?" I was like, "Yeah, I was like I'll take a hug," but I was like, "But I'm fine." I was like, "Trust me." And then for like following days, they're like, "Are you sure you're okay? Like, is there anything we can do? Is there anything we can get you and stuff like that?" I'm like, "No, I'm I'm fine, thank you." But they're just very caring and and they take care of their own it felt like like we felt at least how i felt was that we were one big family creating this really big goal of ours um so for me i i had a really good time i know not a lot of people had the same experience but for me i can only talk upon myself and i i didn't see anything really um wrong and i felt really welcomed so that's all i could have asked for personally totally get that 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 that's all we could ever ask for to be perfectly honest yeah definitely and you know reality tv it's a hit or miss a lot of the times i mean i don't think there's ever just one story when it comes to reality tv some people do have a great time other people don't it really just kind of depends on how you kind of position yourself in the mindset because it it can get very stressful it could get very disorienting but if you just try to keep like a free headspace and just kind of go with the flow i feel like it it would work out for everybody pretty well but you know that's only in my experience really (laughs) totally get that what do we miss not seeing you more on the season uh I feel like nobody got to see how goofy I am in person. I'm just like such a funny, like, and just goofy person. I would have loved to have just gone on camera and, cause the more like I warmed up to the cast, cause 
that first episode was really rough for I think all of us, but especially like me and the cast not really understanding who I was. I feel like once we all really got like close and stuff, I mean, we were having so much fun together and I wish we would have gotten to see more of that from me. I, I, I just, I love being goofy. I love messing around. I love just being around those people. So, and in season four, everybody on the cast is like, the Dragula family is huge, but there's little groups of like your real close family and everybody I feel like on the cast of season four was like my close family. So obviously I felt comfortable with these people and we were laughing, we cry together. I wish people would have just gotten to see it just in general too, not even just from me, but from all of us. I felt like we didn't get a lot of that in our season. And I wish that was just something that maybe they would have put a little bit more effort into on production side. I get that. What's the main thing you've taken away from the reception of the audience now that the show is aired? Oh, you know, I... The, the, the main thing I've taken is that not a lot of people are going to get what I do. Not a lot of people are going to like what I do. But there is a lot of people who support me and my craft. And that truly came out of all the people who have supported me not only during the season but then after and even to this day there's so many people just that just they support everything I do and that makes me so happy because that's all I want to do like I just want to inspire other people I want uh, to just change kind of the world that we kind of live in at least in the drag world and stuff and oh it's just I think that just the loyal fans and that I could pretty much do anything. And for the people who hate me, they're just haters. The people who love me, they're going to love it. They're going to support. Um, they're going to urge me to do more things like that. It was just, it, that was pretty much what I got most out of the show after was doing it. It was just that just continue doing you because if you're doing somebody else we don't want it we want you not somebody else that you're that somebody else is trying to mold you to be kind of thing right that's so beautiful i'm i'm really i'm really glad that you got that experience yeah what do you have a moment that was the hardest for you to film during your time on the show oh yeah um I think the the death scene when when we started filming our death scene because that pretty much put a nail in the coffin that I was like I was done for. Um, it was fun, but it just kind of was like, oh, this is really like the end of my like storyline at this part because when you do the exterminations, I didn't necessarily know like, and and I found out that I lost pretty much. I felt like it didn't kick in until I was filming my death scene and I'm like, oh shit, like I'm really the first one out. And I was like, oh, that it wasn't necessarily hard. It was just kind of like, that was just like a bummer of a day kind of thing. Like it wasn't, it was like a kind of a bittersweet, I guess, because it, it was a fun day of filming, but 
it was just telling everybody like this is the the first episode that's the wrap of the first episode like i i'm eliminated i'm done and then i'd probably say a second close was the reunion because i hadn't been there a whole season so seeing everybody like kiki and and talk and stuff about the season i was very quiet because i had nothing to kind of engage with anybody in and so i felt like a little bit left out i felt like i was just in the background giving like meme pictures and stuff like that because everybody just loved <laughs> the goofy face i had on um which is awesome but yeah i just felt like that was another really kind of i won't say hard day but kind of an awkward i was just kind of like why am i here kind of thing like i'm just just sitting here kind of just relaxing and drinking <laughs> yes that had that has to be very bittersweet because it's like yeah. oh i have this amazing opportunity to be filming a television show and i'm on this platform that you know is a platform that i grew up watching and it's you know all yep. of this that and the third but then you're sitting here and it's like i was the first one out and i don't have much to contribute to the conversation besides exactly. this beat ass mask yeah exactly yeah um which and like you that's exactly what it was like you said like a bittersweet because at that point we're all back and another thing i loved about it was we were all back as a cast everybody was back we're all talking and then only a few of us were able to like get a word in and i just let it go and i was like you know what i'm just going to sit here cuz i can't really talk about anything and I'm just going to do the best I can to kind of interact and stuff like that which was not very much but you know it was fine. <laughs> I totally get that. Now, on the other side of that, what was the most fulfilling part for you to film during your time on the show? Oh, I think the most fulfilling was the the day that we did our floor show. Um mm because there has been nothing more that I wanted to do than to walk on the stage for the Boulay Brothers Dracula and present a look. I can't I can't even tell you how many times beforehand I would get all dressed up in my bedroom and I would just kind of walk or do something and pretend that I was on the stage in front of my two idols which are the Boulay Brothers. And so I feel like that was that was that day of filming was when it really came full circle and I think what it really hit me that I was on the show cuz like holy shit they're right there watching me I have all these cameras following me I have the light on me I have this full stage I have the music going I had everything that literally like was a dream at that point it was all just a dream and then it came into reality when I stepped foot on that stage that is a level of and that is a level of adrenaline i have yet to experience yet but i can oh, imagine yeah. the stroke i would be internally having oh yeah i was screaming on the inside i was so scared i was terrified and but you know that was that was also one of the days that like i found out at that point i could do anything i had been on pretty much the biggest stage ever in my career like mm-hmm. that was the biggest i am in front of my two biggest idols i have a television show filming me that is the biggest stage performance i will ever do until i get back on that show so i was like at this point i could do anything and it'd be a, a walk in the park that makes 
perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think the audience and the Belay brothers themselves is the is the person that the audience that they got from the show the same person that you set out to present? I think so. I I really think so. Um, every everything that people have talked to me about that they said about me in the show, all my characteristics, everything about me, my art too, it's all very true to who I am and who I wanted to be. Now, I will say I've definitely evolved as an artist. Um, and I kind of evolved as a person of television and especially reality television. Um, so I would say like my, my next goal is to show that side of me. Um, which I'm very excited for. But overall, in season four, the person who I was on screen is definitely the person I was that I am today. That's amazing. Because I feel like that's a rare occurrence for like people to be like, yep, that was me. Exactly. Yeah. That was my biggest goal was to make sure that I was being my most authentic, despite like any sort of push towards something different it when it became to like production or even on my other cast members trying to get me to fight them when I was like I'm not a fighter I don't I'm not going to fight you on tv like I don't need to do any of that I don't need to, to go to that low of a level um so you know I'm I'm just so thankful that it came off and that I'm proud if I just did this and I never came back to the see the the series or the franchise I'd be proud of what I did and just leave it at that. That is amazing. Now, that is something that I'm happy that you can walk away from. It's like having no regrets, being yes. proud of everything that, that that you did and was like, yeah, bitch, I did that. Exactly. Exactly. That is perfect. Now, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> oh, God. Um the unfinished outfits that I have in my drag in my drag closet <laughs> I start I start so many projects and I never finish them um and honestly my my anxiety and stuff always tells me I need to finish an outfit within the day even though they are way too big of outfits and uh that's what truly keeps me up at night is just things that are not finished that I started it drives me insane <laughs> I absolutely love that for you. <laughs> Nothing but space and opportunity keeps you up. And I love that for you. Yep, exactly. <laughs> what has reality TV taught you about people? Uh, <laughs> people could really be two-faced. I mean, I've never... I've never seen somebody change into a character so fast than somebody on reality TV. Because you can know a person... And you think you can know everything about them. But the minute that camera turns on, I'm flabbergasted at who I'm seeing. It really shows me how much people on a day-to-day life put on a performance, even though they don't think about it. Um, and, and, you know, it kind of made me question who I was being around. Because I, I started taking what I learned from reality TV into my, my real life and being like, this friend is kind of showing these traits and this friend is kind of showing that trait and stuff and it's like should I really be around these people because if I'm not getting the most authentic person that they are how am I supposed to show the most authentic person I am Um, 
So I feel like that was one of the biggest things I took out of it and kind of used to my day-to-day life as well. Absolutely. What have you learned about yourself from experiencing reality television versus just watching it? Oh, um, I, you know what? I found out how shy I was. Um, mm. I, I found out how, like, I didn't realize, like, I always got told I was pretty shy in person. Um, and I didn't realize it until all, like, the spotlight is on you. And I realized how much you could clam up in under that pressure. Um, I never, I never really, like, my, all my friends would tell me, they're like, you're kind of quiet. Like, and not in a bad way. They're just like, you're quiet. Um, or like, you don't really like the attention on you. Which is funny because a drag queen loves attention always. But uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but my my day to day life, I didn't like the attention that I was getting like, um, when everything with the spotlight on me. And I guess I just that kind of like threw me back. And I think that's why I kind of like choked up a little bit on the show at the very beginning because um, I just didn't realize how like nerve-wracking that would be to just have held all the eyes on you because usually I I didn't I never before then I never really put myself out there unless it was in drag or my art that would have all eyes on me so when I'm just a bare person and it's my normal face I'm wearing normal clothes I'm I'm doing my normal emotions and stuff that's pretty scary to like have all the eyes on you and just been like dance monkey dance kind of thing (laughs) <laughs> I absolutely love that. I, that is, that is, like, it seems like the most gratifying fear that you'll ever experience. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. I can. That. that that's kind of how I feel too. Like, it's like, I never. Like, it, it. It's. It's just. I never realized how ambitious I really was until I got on stage for the first time. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is what I've been working for. This this is what uh, uh, got it. I yep, know where exactly. I'm supposed to be. Yeah, makes perfect sense. What is your ultimate goal as a drag artist? Ah, uh, you know, there's there's two kind of I have like two different categories kind of thing. Um, okay. one is just to make it like the the big kind of goal is to make it a career that will support me um fully right now i'm still doing like a day-to-day job which is is nice it's a good like you know i do drag at night and then i put the the mask away and then in the morning i go to my day job um it's a good break but in all reality i do want drag to be or just in my art in general just to be the sole provider of like my career and to be the way that supports me which it's starting to turn up that way to where it's starting to be more of a living for me it just mm-hmm. took some time and so that's the biggest goal now i have like a category of like kind of like superficial goals which i'm like i want to create a makeup line i want to mm-hmm. have some sort of like an own wig line or something or even just fashion line i want something like that some sort of just line um one of the other goals i had was 
a podcast, but obviously that came true just a few months ago. So that's one box check. Now it's just right. kind of getting into other little outlets that I want to kind of get into and see what that kind of world brings me into. Tell me about the podcast. How did Dragon's <sighs> Tale come into, come into play? Oh, this is congratulations, so by the way. Thank you. This is so fun. So I always wanted a podcast. And when I got the few months after Dragula, I had come up with the name Dragos to Hell, the podcast. Um, it was a formaldehyde podcast with friends. So basically, it was just going to be my podcast. I had friends come. We would talk about anything from true crime to horror movies to anything drag related or anything just in general just of having fun um the only problem was is i didn't have any sort of thing i didn't know how to get into a podcast i didn't know how to start it i didn't have any of the equipment and so i put it kind of on the back burner and i was like that's something that will always be there let's focus on getting a job let's focus on getting the rent paid and then right about I want to say in October uh, actually April I want to say it was April of this of 2022 was when I got introduced to a little store well I'm not going to say little but a store called Terror Traders which is a store just um, 30 minutes away from me in my in, here in Phoenix and basically, mm-hmm. it is run by an extremely amazing human. His name is Jason. They are an all like all year round horror shop, and they sell anything from like um, merchandise from horror movies. They sell actual props from horror movies. They're just really cool. Just a really big collection of anything horror that you can like ever imagine. Um, the shop actually has a podcast lab that they actually film their own podcast which is called Creepcast and mm-hmm. one of my one of my good friends Franco which he is the other host of Drag Us to Hell um, he is a vendor at Terror Traders and he actually used to do the podcast or still does um, the Creepcast podcast for them and so nice. I was talking to my friend Franco and I was like, wouldn't that be so funny because we both talk a lot of shit about horror movies. We talk a lot of shit about reality TV and we talk a lot of shit about Dragula when we review the seasons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were like, just jokingly one day we we're like, we should do a podcast about this. And immediately that clicked in my head. Franco goes straight to Jason and was like, hey, we want to throw in an idea. They're like, Creepcast is like, is cool the podcast is awesome but it could grow into something much more and jason he's an incredible like like he he supports everybody he loves helping other people and so when we came to them with the idea that like let's do a spin-off podcast from creepcast and let's do creepcast presents drag us to hell a podcast for all the weirdos and queerdos and so that's how pretty much it came out like we just started recording jason was like yes let's do it uh he's like when do you want to start and we're like this sunday he was like i'll be here let's start recording um he got us the intro music he got us the set he got us everything pretty much we needed we have a whole podcast set up and all that and basically he's also the engineer so he joins us every week with me and franco 
he hits record and we just start talking about anything and everything basically and it's just kind of like my dream like one of my one of my dream goals that I had was just like have a podcast what it will be I don't know let's just have fun and that's literally just all it is <laughs> I fucking love that yeah what do you think the key to your synergy is with your co-host Franco oh uh, you know I think it's our age difference Franco mm. has lived has lived a long life before me and has experienced so many things different than I have um, even just to like our horror movie taste he loves mm-hmm. more like 70s 80s horror movies which don't get me wrong are amazing I love them <laughs> but I grew up in the 2000s where everything was the cheap 2000 horror movie remakes so a yeah. lot of the movies that he loves are the originals all the movies I love are the cheesy like slasher teen remakes um, <laughs> and so I think it gives us, and that's kind of kind of how our experience in general goes with just life. He has a lot of a different experience than I do when it comes to how I live my day-to-day life and how he used to live his day-to-day life, how he kind of got introduced to horror movies, how I got introduced into horror movies. And so, you know, I think that's kind of where like we just bounce off of each other because we don't necessarily agree with everything that we talk about but we don't necessarily disagree at the same time either it's just we have different perspectives on a lot of things and i think that's what makes it really well and why we always can keep talking because we're not just always like agreeing and then that's the end of the conversation franco will tell me a story about what he thinks of this and what this means i'll have a different story and say what i think this means and what that does and kind of thing but the age difference really puts that that level of perspective into us and we can just keep going and talk and talk and talk because we we just have so many different like outlooks when it comes to certain things of course now random question Mm -hmm. how do you feel about Deb Campbell not being in Scream 6 uh, it broke my heart. I'm so sad. You're after um, my own heart. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, Scream is like my, that is my go-to, my go-to franchise. I always talk about it on the pod. I fight for that franchise all the time. I, I think Scream could do no wrong, except for having, not having Nev Campbell on. Like that just really... It shocked me when I heard the news because I was like, why would you not have literally the face of the franchise on? And why is money even a question when it comes to her kind of thing? Like, let's put some respect on her name. <laughs> Please and but, thank, you. thank you. Right. And it's like, oh, it just bums me out. But I will be in those seats when that when Scream 6 comes out. I will be watching. I will be reviewing. Because no matter what, Scream is still such an iconic franchise that I could just not just give up on them. So I, I have to watch. And hopefully we will get Nev back in the the next movie. And hopefully they do her justice for not having her in this one. So we shall see. Fingers crossed. Because one can only yeah. hope we deserve Nev right. Campbell. Just like we deserve we... Courtney Cox and David Arquette. And I want exactly. the bangs to come back. I do too. I was a fan of the bangs. I like them. <laughs> I I was 
I'm not gonna go so far to say I was a fan, but I was <laughs> like, these bangs are a thing, and I yes. feel like they're Gale Weathers thing. Yes, I like. I, I feel love like Gale Weathers is not Gale Weathers without those bangs. Right, exactly. I love a bad haircut, so anybody who could pull it off and do it confidently, I'm I'm there for it. So, and she did it amazing in that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of a questionable haircut, you know, what do you think Nev Campbell wants to do now that, you know, she's not going to be playing this role for 40 years like Jamie Lee Curtis is playing uh, Halloween? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's so hard. And, you know, you could hear the, like, when she does interviews and stuff you can hear the disappointment like that is just a huge like slap in the face especially you can going tell off she of, wants like, to be there yeah and it it never seemed like necessarily she wanted it for the money like this this franchise never seemed to be something she wanted for the money but this is something she deserves for the money like she deserves this money this isn't like right. just a little scene that she does i mean she puts her whole i mean this has been her whole life when it came to this franchise Exactly. I think production and and the the team of Radio Silence can give her this like that sort of respect and then like it's not that you are working for the money. You deserve this money. You were literally the face of the franchise. You were what makes people come back every every movie. So you know you can tell that like that's so disappointing to her and it just sucks. It does. It's literally heartbreaking. Like it just it just doesn't make sense like yeah. I'm gonna watch for the sake of the so, well I well I'm not gonna promise I'm gonna watch it's hard it's <laughs> yeah. really hard it's really hard because yeah. I get attached to originals which is why I, I didn't did watch Ryan Murphy's remake of like Boys in the Band is because the original oh, yeah. is like my favorite movie of all time and I'm like mm-hmm. you will not fuck this up for me right exactly so I, exactly so I just refuse to watch it <laughs> yeah no I definitely feel that yeah it, you know that just it, it really hurts and not only does it hurt for her but it hurts for the like like we said for the fans and people who love her and stuff and the things that we we do for the series as well i mean we're the ones supporting it so they might as well do us the favor as well and respect the people who are supporting i mean i know they want to change us. things up yeah exactly and especially coming off of wes like wes craven his work i mean mm. you guys did really well with this new one with him not being a part of it but like don't go and disrespect what he has done for the franchise because if it wasn't for him and who he cared about and loved about which is obviously nev he cares very much about her that we wouldn't be here like not like they wouldn't be here making this movie and we wouldn't be here watching it so they need to kind of know their bounds and know what the franchise has done in order for them to be here it's 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 truly heartbreaking. Shout out yeah. to Niv, man. Literally. What do you want your lasting impression on the on the drag industry to be? I want it to be that people can be different. It doesn't have to be all the same ball gown, glitter dress, uh, cut crease eye. I, I want I want people to be different. I want people to channel their their inner demons in in a good way um like Mm -hmm. i did like my little my little demon that lives inside me i want people to just 
be themselves. Don't necessarily feel like what you see on reality TV is what you have to do in this scene. Change it up. Like, get people to talk about you, even if it's bad or good. Get get people to talk about you. Just do something that changes up and makes people think, and 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 get people to like stand back for a minute and be like, "What did I just look at?" That's what I want. I love that. I absolutely love that. We need that. Yes. What does the person you've become today tell the person who is watching their first episode of Dragula? Uh, I would say keep an open mind. Don't judge people just because of what you see on television because I know for me when I watch television, I'm really like it's really easy for you to judge somebody just by what you see on the television. Don't do that because there is a lot of things that go into reality TV that we don't know about behind the scenes. There is a lot of things that make a person do certain things on reality TV, not necessarily their choice. Just be kind and be open-minded. Take it as more of entertainment than real life. Because I know going on to reality TV, it was a big difference in just watching it. And I felt kind of bad for how I've watched it before because I was like damn I was judging somebody so hard and I had no idea what they were going through until now at this point brilliant now I was gonna ask you this but since you didn't bring it up in your where do you <laughs> in, in your old in your ultimate goals I guess I'll ask you here when are yeah. you opening up a math shop when are you taking over the mask franchise you know what that is so funny you were saying that because i've been talking to franco and we we really want to like at least i do i was telling him that i really want to get a mask line started like i really want to i want a formaldehyde halloween mask to come out um and so just starting off small because that's how all great i or like great ideas come out to be bigger i like ideas is at Terror Traders, um, I'm going to start, I, I'm going to try to start doing custom masks that are one of a kind formaldehyde masks that people can buy and then eventually hopefully get that to being a more mass production somehow. Try to get like an official, I would love to see like just just one, just one formaldehyde branded mask at like a spirit Halloween something that's just like to that somewhere where I've always went to go and get my Halloween costumes from I want somebody else to go and look at that mask and be like that's my Halloween costume this year because I've seen so many people tag me in looks that they've recreated some of my looks for Halloween and I'm like wouldn't that just be so awesome if people didn't necessarily have to go out and try to make a mask of mine and look like it they could just buy one and just buy a formaldehyde mask and just see and just be it for Halloween. I would, oh, that would be so much fun. So we're gonna start with the idea small for now and just do locally, and then hopefully I can get that to commercialize and, and go out into the world. Well, that is amazing and I cannot wait. And when I finally get off my ass and start, <laughs> you know, getting into cosplay the way that I want to, I would love mm-hmm. to hit you up because there's a lot oh of cosplays that I want to do that involve masks. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I'm here for it. I yeah. love I love teaching people. 
Um, that that's what I'll say. Another thing too is I want to start doing like those master classes. I don't know if you've seen those before, but like all the people who've done master classes, I want to do something like that to where I can start teaching people as well how to like paint masks, how to make them, how to just do anything. Because I'm just like such a big nerd when it comes to teaching other people, and I just love teaching everybody everything. So that that'll be another something maybe I'll do this year. I was just about to say we are only two days into 2023. You have nothing but yes. time, right? Exactly. So we're gonna check in at, at the end of the year and be like, so. Yep. Exactly. Launching the class in <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> exactly. But speaking of that, my last question for you is: Where can the people mm-hmm. find you? What? All the things that you want to promote and what's coming next for for Melda? Yes. So basically, I am on every social media platform at Formaldehyde. Um, Twitter is different; it's Formaldehyde six six six. Just because somebody took Formaldehyde from me, well, that's fine. Um, and <laughs> but then you can find my podcast, uh, mine and Franco's podcast, which is Drag Us to Hell. It is on Spotify now. We are trying to get on Apple Music, but they keep denying us. Um, but we are going to get it on there. That is. Yeah, they, I don't know what is happening with that, but we are going to get it on Apple Music eventually. Um, and then, basically, I have a YouTube channel coming up because we're going to start filming the podcast. That's going to be fun. So not only will it be just a visual podcast, it'll all or as as what was it? Yeah, it'll start being a visual podcast now. Um, so that's going to be fun. And then, you know, I'm just going to take this year day by day and see what else it brings me. Some fun projects that I don't necessarily know I could talk about right now because I don't want to jinx it and not get a part of them after I say it. So right, um, just exciting things in general. Um, I know the Dragula tour is coming up. And so anybody who is in Phoenix, I will be a part of that. Well, I will be there if I'm a part of it or not. I will be there. So <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically it right now. I think the year is going to be a good year for all of us. I feel it. I agree with that. I keep saying this is the first year I've gone into it really optimistic. I'm starting the year mm-hmm. off with, you know, all these new opportunities and projects that I'm working on. Like I've never started a year with like projects that I can't talk about before. Right. And I like have several on the table now that like I can't talk about, but I'm like, oh my God, I have things to Exactly. Do. <laughs> yep, me too. This has been like, oh, it, it, this truly feels like such a good year for all of us like especially with the last two years kind of leading into each other being a little clusterfuck but this this feels like a good year 2023 feels like a good year for all of us it's a year of seven when it comes to numerology you know 2023 mm-hmm. breaks down to, to the number seven seven is a powerful yep. number i don't know how you know much of the girls are into the things of things but it means something exactly so, it just feels like it's gonna be a great year and I am manifesting all of the success for you I am manifesting masks and master classes and podcasts and tours and performances and uh, and some sort of conversation with Spirit Halloween yes in your year this year 
Yes, we're hoping for it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. You have made my morning. Thank you. This was a really good talk. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I- I'm so glad that you had a great time. I, I was hoping that it could be really casual and chill. And did you feel <laughs> like you were just talking to your nosy ass best friend? That's exactly how it felt. <laughs> Perfection. Well, now that you've been on the show, you're a friend of the show. Come back anytime you. when you drop your mask, when the master class Thank comes you. out, when you're ready to announce the official formaldehyde Halloween mask. I will yes. be here. Come back anytime. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it. Anytime. And on that note, children, that has been our show. I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in. And I want to extend a special, special thank you to my guest Formaldehyde for blessing the pod. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was so much fun. Likewise. I can't wait to have you back. I want to remind all of you guys to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And for the last time today, I put the mess in the message. So until next time, I love you from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Misbehave yourselves. Peace. Goodbye, aye aye.